Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 5 1 Volleyball Podcast, the best place to follow the world of men's professional volleyball. Joined again today here live. Finally, we're back in the studio uh, with Everett DeLorme, Volleyball Source. Everett, how are you doing? Great. Now that we're back in the studio. Uh, I mean, we've had like, not only have we not been in the studio, but we've also had some technical difficulties in the, pa- in the past couple of weeks. Uh, we've had some fire alarms. Um, we've had a lot of a lot of issues, so I'm glad that we're back in person and uh, that this is going to be way easier now. Yeah, don't try and record podcasts on a eight year old Dell XPS with a Core <laughs> i5. Is the uh, is the lesson I think we learned from last weekend? But yeah, we put the episode up eventually. Last week I gave a bit of an intro, um, but I think we're all going to be good for technology here. We've got a few good topics to cover here today. Of course, yep. those crazy Italian league matches, both series now 2-1. We're going to talk a little Plus Liga semis. And of course, it's the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. So we've got we've got a fun topic here at the end, the, the top European clubs across across all the leagues. So Everett, would you, let's, let's get into it with the Italian league here. Yeah, uh, a couple of fun semifinals let's be or let's be honest here the past two matches you I, I was not expecting a different like i was expecting a much different outcome for both of them right like we knew that leal wasn't going to be playing in the modena versus perugia match and still like like as we were talking about it before like we we, we started the show um I watched the first two sets, had to go to work afterwards. So I went, I left thinking that Leo Perugia is going to be able to close this out. You know, they're going to win 3 nothing, maybe 3-1. And it, it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be 2-1. Leo is going to come back and then they're going to push it, push it for five. But then they ended up taking it. And on the other side, you know, Trentino just looked like they had been trucking along. They won six sets in a row in matches one and two. Looked like they're going to be able to close it out, but... It was a complete 180 from that, complete demolition by Lube. Lucarelli, who we have to talk about, was on an absolute mission. And yeah, so just just when I thought I knew, like I there was everything that I, I knew everything there was to know about the Italian League playoffs, everything just gets kind of turned on the head, which is amazing. And I, I love it. And I'm really happy about this because we got some good series now. It's going to be a really fun weekend of volleyball. Um, Let's start maybe with the more interesting for me match, which was Modena versus Perugia. Mm -hmm. An incredible match. Great match. Back and forth. From what I understand. (laughs) Unfortunately, you didn't get to watch all of it live. Um, But yeah, Modena coming back, you know, they were down two sets to O. There are several, several match points here. Um, Namir Abdelaziz scoring, what was it, 41? 41. 41. So, yeah, another like absolute classic. One of the matches of the season so far. Um, what do you think Modena did differently in like the last three sets to win than the first two, which they lost? Well, I, I don't know. You you tell me. Okay. I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch okay, it. Okay. <laughs> so um, what, do, what do you think they, they did, do, they did differently? Um, let, me, let me wait as I pull up my notes here. Um, one second here. These, oh, I like, yeah. you, got, you got some pretty like, specific <laughs> notes there. Damn. Yeah. I need to up my game. God. 
Okay, so yeah, we had you know a crazy, crazy second set there. Um, incredible defense from Modena, and, and especially Simone Gianelli, I thought was playing great block, uh, back row defense in this one. Um, again, the fourth set as well went went down to the wire. Uh, Gianelli had this one incredible reach where you like, I swear he was you know touching the ball for a set at eleven feet, um, which is something only Simone Gianelli can do. But Overall, a couple a couple things here. We saw Martin Van Garderen in for Swan Angapet. Uh, Van Garderen, 10 for 23. So actually got a fair number of attempts. I mean, it was a long game and barely anything in the middle from Bruno. So uh, we didn't get to see a lot of, uh, you know, everyone's going to get a lot of sets, especially Namir getting 57 in this one. That's like Isabel Hack, Melissa Vargas levels of sets. Um, but I think he did his job. You know, I, I like Swan a bit last week. Um, Van Garderen, you know, not not a great server, pretty bad attacker, but decent yeah. passer, decent passer, decent passer. I liked how they were going to him early. You know, in the first set, he was getting a lot of swings, and and I liked that because you know they were like they were clearly trying to establish him a little bit more, make sure that you know Perugia had to respect him a little bit more. And in that case, like if you go to someone early. And you go away from them. You can always go back because they they've had that that momentum and they have that confidence. Whereas you know if you just don't go to them at all and you start from the, the onset by relying on you know your guys, I feel like you're not you're not going to have as much of a uh, much of an opportunity. But I mean, this just makes it a lot a lot spicier because of course since the last time we spoke, Leal's uh, appeal has or a suspension has been appealed and it's been uh, rescinded down to just two matches. So come Sunday, he's back in the game and, 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 and he's back into it. So both teams are back up at full force. Is Munda at home for this one? No, they're, they're away. It's at Perugia, right? Yeah. I, be- I believe the last game should be in Modena, right? That was not sure. Make sense. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That doesn't make sense. Let's, well, let's... The last game was in Perugia, was it not? Yeah. Anyway, um, so the man of the match, the man of the thumbnail, uh, Namir Abdelaziz. Let's go through some numbers from Mr. Namir. 41 points on the match. 35 for 57 hitting on 47% efficiency. That's really tough. It's really tough to, to match up with. Also, incredible serving. 22 serves in this one. A nice stat here. Opponents passing only 7% good passes on his serve. So, it's basically one. Basically, they one. passed one once on Namir. Um, seven errors, but honestly, seven errors from from Namir. Seven errors from from Mister Irvin. Um, and honestly, uh, Irvin serving too. Sixteen serves, zero percent good pass percentage from Irvin serves. So, wow. Like we said at the beginning of the season, Modena, a, a, a potentially very strong serving team, and between those two guys, sixteen. And tw- so basically, quick math here, like 20 serves from Namir and Engapet that were putting them in uh, out of system on first balls. That's nuts. Which is pretty good. Which is which is damn good. Yeah. Right? And at that point, if you're doing that, then you really just have to play side out volleyball. Right? Yeah. You really don't have to, to do as much to, to get out of it. And I mean, when you have Namir swinging the way he did with 41 points overall. Oh, man. Like, like five aces. Yeah. Probably had a couple blocks. I mean, he's one, not the greatest. One block. One he's, block. He's, he's not the greatest blocker. He's all right. He's, he's, he's not he's, bad. He's not the greatest blocker. If there's any. He's no, he's no Sokolov. But. He's no Sokolov. He's no Mikhailov. You know, if there's any. Like, I, I feel like it's tough to be a good blocker 
and he's 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 not a good blocker. Okay. Um, you know what? But th- this this comes down to we've been talking about it all season long that if there's any team at all that has the ability to just turn on and to turn up and to go ham, it's this Modena team, right? When you look at the quality of players that they have, when you look at the character level, like the level of character players that they have, even when you go down to guys like Stankovic and, of course, Bruno, who, I mean, obviously we've been critical of Bruno at a few times this season, and he's clearly not, like this isn't 2016 Bruno. This isn't peak Brazil Bruno. This is... You know he's he's starting to get a, a little bit up there. Uh, well, but, one of the notes I made, and I think I commented during the match, his blocking. I think it's the thing that's the most downgraded for me. Yeah, they were attacking him a lot in the block, and they have been all series. Oh yeah, and there were a couple um, balls. I think a sea balls from Matt Anderson where Bruno. It was just a single block from Bruno, and he might as well have not even been above the net. Like he was putting nothing up. So that's a little bit concerning, but. And then the other thing for Bruno, only 14 sets in the middle compared to uh, probably like over 100 <laughs> on the wings. Do you think, you know, that's obviously a very intentional strategy. Do you think that's the right one for Modena? I think given because of all of the four teams left in the playoffs, Modena is the least strong down the middle. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the the reality is that like I think Stankovic is, is getting like a little long in the tooth, you know? Um like uh, the, I, like I was looking at it and the other team is you know they passed a perfect ball like 47% of the time on his serve oh Stankovic's serve has been almost on, on, on I don't know what happened it's, I thought he was used to be an alright server but it's been you know like his, it's been like free ball serves yeah his serving is bad he's he's getting old you know he's getting to be grad, granddaddy Stankovic um, and uh, yeah I just don't think that they have that much of an option down the middle um, it just doesn't give them the best opportunity to score. And I mean, that's the, that's the, the reality is that when you've got Namir on the right side, you can kind of just chuck up the ball for him yeah. and, and, and let him swing away. And this uh, same thing, like I do think that Engapeth, he thrives with like a rhythm set and he obviously he's going to thrive with having only one blocker, but name me a more creative outside hitter who's going to be able to find ways to score when, when in the clutch, you know, like, this is when he starts chizzying off of elbows. This is when he starts going high hands. This is when he starts delaying himself and going, you know, back behind yeah, the head yeah. because he's just finding those creative ways to to get going. And this is such a there's such a uh, uh, a streaky team, right? But when Engapeth gets rolling and when Namir gets rolling and Bruno is feeling it, like I, it's almost like a team that can't be stopped. Yeah, no, and and like you said, Bruno, we've said before on the podcast, Bruno, one of the best right side setters um, in the world. So that's been helpful going going back to mm-hmm. Namir. And, and really, like, they find him in the pocket for those C-ball attacks, uh, which he's been hitting a, a lot of back row attacks as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. This is a series. I can't believe, like, Modena, you know, they, they've, they've kept it alive here. And, and with Leal coming back, like, they've probably favorites to win this series. And... Also, I, I looked it up there at home for Game Four, and right? we know the Palapanini. The Palapanini is going to be, be is going to be sold out. I mean, rocking. E- even Ronnie was watch who was watching. The, we were watching the Lube match yesterday, and he was he was commenting about how, you know, there wasn't that many people in Lube's crowd, and like it wasn't. Yeah, a se- it was it, it wasn't a sellout compared to like Modena. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and I actually noticed the same thing in the Navarro versus Monza game yesterday on the women's side that was being played in Navarra that it wasn't that wasn't a sold out crowd although oh. that one looked like it may have been it may have been due to more to COVID stuff just by how yeah. people were like evenly spaced out but 
maybe maybe that's not the case. I'm not. I don't know about other countries' rules that like that. But uh, but yeah, you know that like it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough home game for 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 Modena. They're going to have that eighth person on the court with them. Yeah, but and what do you think about Perugia? Because we just talked a lot about Modena, but we haven't really talked anything about Perugia. Um, I thought Wilfredo Leon, you know, had a bit of a bounce back game. Um, you know, still not still not the elite Leon, but hitting 16 for 32, over 40% efficiency, so not terrible from him. Um, no aces in this one, though, so uh, un, that's uncharacteristic <laughs> for Mr. Wilfredo. Only 16 serves overall. Usually, he's leading serving attempts. Um, great game from Camilo Reitzlicki, um, 18 for 30, 46% efficiency. Um, and again, Matt Anderson, like you can almost predict... You know, if he had a good game last last time, he's gonna have a bad game this time. He's he's really up and down. Um, what do you think Perugia can do differently? Maybe this is a good time to fit in that Soleil news as well. Yeah, well, that, that's a good point. But I mean, looking at looking at Leon's serving stats right now, they passed thirty percent of the balls of his of his serves were perfect passes. Like that's almost unheard of for Leon for, for Leon, right? And I mean, obviously, the the points that he puts on the board is 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 huge for for them. And then, obviously, putting the team like even when he's not scoring aces, if he's getting those balls over and putting pressure on, he's putting them in bad situations. Obviously, like that's really what led to as many blocks as we saw from Perugia in the last match. And whenever we see them having success, because they're they're serving tough and forcing teams into those into those like three man block situations. Um, but yeah, just just not seeing that, and also I think one one more thing too is that if Leon's not serving well, and like this, like they're confidently passing him at thirty percent, and I mean most of the most of the guys here, the only the only guy that served well, ironically, is Mister Matt Anderson. Okay, yeah, he, he was he was their best server on the day with only eleven percent of basically twelve percent of his passes being being a perfect pass. Yeah, um, but. Uh, that to me just tells me that, like, especially in the second half, that Modena wasn't scared, you know, in serve receive, and I think that's the worst place to be in with that that type of roster. Well, okay, so Leon, thirty-seven errors, serving errors in his last six games. Shit. So I think there was maybe, you know, maybe Gerbo just like, hey, like we can't have another eight-nine air game from you, like, you know, take a little bit off. And I don't know if that's ever something you want to coach leon to do this is purely hypothetical but that could have been the case i think you should you know i'd rather i'd rather him have nine airs but also you know have that like five or six percent opponent passing percentage than six airs and 30 right yeah but that's what i'm saying he still had six airs in this one like yeah, exactly. yeah sure. like he still had a lot of airs in this one even when he obviously took took some stuff off yeah. so it's uh yeah it's, it's not the it's it's not the the greatest uh not the greatest look look for him yeah and actually leon this series lower attacking efficiency overall than both anderson and camille oh wow for for the series against Modena, yeah he's at 32 percent versus 34 and 40 so i think you know i think it was fair fair that they went to the right slicky the most and should they go to camille again yeah, absolutely, he, should, he, he's, should he, been he has been their most consistent player all season long. So, and he's so overlooked. Doesn't it sound a little crazy that we're saying Camille Reichlicki should get the most sets? 
We weren't even sure if he was going to start at the beginning of the no, season. No, but but like let's let's be honest. It's like it's the same thing in the NFL when you've got these like superstar wide receivers who don't get any balls because they're consistently double teamed. Everyone expects the ball to go to Leon. Everyone expects him to get the ball. Everyone expects him, you know. And let's be honest. Of of the names on that team, Rich Licky is definitely at the like in the bottom. Like you're, you know, Matt Anderson, Soleil, Leon. Obviously, then you're gonna then you're gonna go for Rich Licky. I believe he's one of the most overlooked players that we have in our sport. Um, wow. Okay. You know, and be, and then there's he gets so much of this. Oh well, he's he only he's always played with good with good uh, with good setters. Like he plays with DeCheco and he plays with Gianelli and he plays with other other good guys. And but he consistently puts up good points. He's a guy that doesn't need to be your superstar, but he's gonna be, he he can put up a twenty piece any day for you. And he's going to do so uh, efficiently. So yeah, absolutely. You you've always been able to ri- rely on Camille Richlickly on the right side. And this game, down to one, y- your season's on the line. Like u- ultimately, your legacy is on the line. Obviously, I think Leon's going to want to step up, but like go into it expecting to have to lean on Camille Richlickly a lot. Got to watch some old uh, Richlickly Ravana footage. <laughs> But wasn't he like? Because I remember, because I remember like how I found out about him was when we did that OG, um, like uh, Super League of Volley um, fantasy teams. Remember when we did the right. fantasy league, and right. you kind of just like picked him up on a whim, <laughs> and he it's started. Never a, it's never on a whim, Everett. Okay, yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't scout it from the Mosaic days. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But that's what I'm saying, right? It's like he's always been that steady, dependable score, and he's always yeah. going to be putting up numbers for you. So, like, yeah, it's weird, but at the same time, like, that's what he does. And this is why I think he's one of the most overlooked players we have in our sport. Also because he, he comes from Luxembourg, so he's never going to be relevant on the international stage. Fair enough. Um, Sebastian Soleil was announced recently. Italian or confirmed Italian citizenship for next year. I don't think... This necessarily means that he has to like he's gonna play for the Italian national team. I don't think it's that kind of thing. I don't think he can. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just that he's not gonna count for the foreigner limit in Italy. Yeah. However, that's still a big deal. That yeah. means if he stays on Perugia, that means Perugia of all teams is gonna have another Italian on the court <laughs> in Sebastian Soleil, which is crazy. Nuts. And I mean argentinians italians that's actually pretty fair <laughs> very very similar uh yeah. culturally it's like australia canada you know they should just count the same for for foreign limits you're not wrong um but that pairs really well with the news that they're picking up flavio so a flavio the brazilian middle sole middle pairing for perugia first of all like would have them like again even better somehow than this year where they're already we're saying the most stacked roster that's been put together in volleyball and now and now they're adding flavio shoring up by far their biggest weakness which is the second italian middle yes um ever what, what are your what are your thoughts on this well it's hypothetical at this point but we'll see I don't think it's hypothetical at all. Like I think this is already happening. You know, like well, the hypothetical like perfect roster that Gianelli stays. Oh, well, I mean, and, hey, let's Rich be Lickie stays. But, and, and you've also Leon, everyone. There's also the one aspect that you didn't mention either too is the fact that Man Anderson is going to be leaving this team, and they, they have the potentially of potential right. of picking Camille Semeniak up. Right. Right. So right. 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 Leon with the two Camilles, like that. that <laughs> that sounds pretty nasty with Flavio Gianelli and Soleil. Yikes, uh, that's scary. Um, but I mean, my initial thoughts on this: first of all, I think about Team Canada. 
uh, because of how much Soleil and Argentina have slapped us over the years. So, um, yeah, it's nice that he's going to be gone. But then again, they still have Augustin Lozère, too, who's not too bad as well. So they still have options. Um, but, um, yeah, for, for Perugia, I mean, it's absolutely massive. Uh, I wonder if this is going to come along with uh, a, a, a bonus or an increase in salary and being like, hey, you know, like – you became an Italian for us. So yeah, like we're, gonna, we're gonna bump up. We're gonna bump up some stuff for you. Um, but yeah, huge move. Huge move. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll have lots of time to talk about all these transfers. Um, you know, after the playoffs and, and once more of this is confirmed. For now, let's move on to Lube versus Trento. Not as you know, the individual game wasn't exciting. Obviously, as no, as Modena Perugia is pretty boring. Just because this it was like you know we saw the Lube team that. I and many others thought we were going to see this entire series. Like I predicted, Lube to come out and, and and handle this series pretty pretty competently. Came out, lost the first two sets, first two matches, six sets straight, and come back and win this three nothing. And and like you said, Lucarelli, twelve for thirteen in this one. Twelve for thirteen, which is pretty. He, his his efficiency was a nine twenty three. He was a nine twenty three efficiency with a nine with a nine two through the exact same or uh, uh, kill percentage. Like that is absolutely unreal. Um, first one off the bat, it was clear to me that Lucarelli had a sense of urgency. Not Lucarelli, not just Lucarelli. Lube had a sense of urgency to their game that we haven't seen in a long time, right? And it it, it I had forgotten about this version of Lube. I had forgotten they could be this team. And it seemed for once someone other than uh, Robert Landy Simone was motivated and yeah. and was there ready to play. And I think, you know, like really we've seen him be the driving factor and DiCecco just looks unmotivated and uninspired and Lucarelli and Yanta. I mean, that's just his face though. That's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, Lucarelli and Yant have just been like flat uh, overall. And this time like, we saw them hustling around the court. We saw them making plays. We saw them playing defense. It was a much different Lube team that we saw out there. And I mean, Lucarelli was non-existent in the last game. He was terrible. Like, what did he have? Two kills. And this one, he goes twelve for thirteen. That's that's absolutely unreal. Um, and on the flip side, Yant didn't have a terrible game. He went ten for twenty-one. Zaitsev went fourteen for twenty-six. Very very interesting to me that. I still wonder if Lucarelli is not 100% healthy because you're he's that efficient. He's 12 for 13 and you're giving him half of the half of the uh, the um, attempts that you're giving to Zaitsev. You're giving him a, like l- like eight less attempt attempts than Yant, you know. He wasn't like he, we were watching his 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 highlights earlier on, on volley metrics and you know he was scoring on a lot of three-man blocks but he still didn't that get that much much of a volume and he was able to do a lot with it see i don't but i don't think his attempts were that different than they were in the first two matches i think it was you know a lot of like bailout kind of situations out of system situations again like you said going up against triples i think he was just finding better ways to score in this one he was you know he was hitting around the block where maybe he had caught an outside hand of the the third blocker before or he's going like he's firing one to the back corner where you know he might have missed that by a few inches before i think i think a lot of this was just getting a bit 
luckier obviously like takes skill to to be able to do those shots and i think they just came in with a game plan coming into it they had an idea of what the set distribution would be like obviously going a lot to to the middle uh going to yant going to zaitsev as much as they could in system um and i you know i think they just didn't want to mess mess with it right and also you know yant was playing a lot better in the first couple sets than he was a lot of those misses came near the end which he did switch to Lucarelli a bit more towards that third set. So, you know, I, I think it's fair. I think DeCheco had overall a very nice game. Um, you could see they were they were setting it really far out on the pins. And I think this was to kind of counter, like, that Trentino block, which is getting so many triples up. The, the footwork and, and those Serbian middle blockers were causing so many issues for them. But when you put it, you know, way out on the pin... You know, maybe it takes away a bit of the line, takes away a couple shots, but you also get a lot more doubles and sometimes even single blocks. So I think that was a really smart move from Lube and DeCheco to uh, change up the strategy a little bit there. Yeah, it seemed like they didn't go to the pipe as much, right? Like we saw Yant come out of the pipe a few times, yeah. but 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 that, that was it really. But you're right. They were really spreading that offense. It was fast and it was to the outside. Yeah. And they were really just shooting shooting it out there. Playing with Simone, uh, Simone, Simone on the little, like we saw him hit a lot of extreme angles in this one because he was coming around from for that thirty-one a lot, or they were running him kind of behind Checo. So they just they clearly made an adjustment on their offense, and and it it worked out for them. Now my question is because as much as we saw Lube flip the switch and they've turned on, like a is the question: Can they sustain this? Can we see, are we going to be able to see this Lube? But also on the other side of the net for Trentino, it wasn't working for them today. And I mean, we were talking about a little bit earlier is that Micheletto has not been great this series. And my question to you is, do you think he's getting tired? Because how like he's still a young guy. And who has played more than Micheletto over the past year and a half, almost two years? Right? When you can consider the fact that he's done this entire season, he didn't get injured. I think he got COVID, so that, that was the only part. Before that, he had the U21 World Championships. Before that, he had Eurovolley. Before that, he had the Olympics. Before that, he had the the VNL. He went on a deep run last year all the way to the Champions League, so he was playing that entire time. Like No one has played as much as this young, what, 21, 22-year-old? So, yeah, 21, it, I think so. 21, right? So like, do you think he's starting to get tired and do we do you think we're starting to see that fatigue with Trentino because they were flat as a pancake uh in their match this week yeah and don't forget it's not just Micheletto I mean other than the U21 championship you have the same schedule for Daniele Lavia and Ricardo Spertoli as yeah. well um yeah I mean I think it's fatigue that is an unreal schedule we've run over that before on the podcast um that that's just an insane amount of volleyball to be yeah. playing. I mean, yeah, he's essentially been playing straight volleyball since the beginning of the 2020 club season when it resumed, right? So, like, yeah, that's a long time. Um, I think he, I think he can play better. Obviously, uh, you saw even this one, Lavia getting more more attacking attempts. But mm-hmm. I think I think what you kind of saw in this game is that Kaziski didn't have the greatest game and Mikaleto didn't have the greatest game, and that doesn't really happen before. Usually, it's two out of those three wing guys for Trentino that that are okay. Rarely all three of them play well at the same time, but usually it's two. And yeah, all three of them in this match, you know, not, I mean, not the worst games, but when, when Lube is firing on all cylinders, like we just said, then, then uh, yeah, they, they need a bit more, right? Um, 
I think Lube, I think this is an important win for them confidence-wise. 100%. I think now they really, okay, like, okay, like we're a better team than Trentino. Let's let's take it to them. Let's let's force this to five sets. I think we are going to go five here. I think we're going to both series go five, and I'm all here for I'm here for it. Like, I'm very excited. Um, unfortunately, both games at the same time on, on Sunday, which kind of yeah, sucks. Yeah, and I work at the same time, so I'm really <laughs> not stoked about that. Um, maybe I'll, I'll definitely take my like my break and be able to watch watch on the phone. Last last Sunday, it was so dead that I was propped my my phone up on the bar and was watching. Man, put it on put it on the the bar TVs. <laughs> I actually asked if I if if it would be possible, but the TVs just run off a satellite feed uh, and I don't think we can get on. volleyball world TV. Yeah. I I I was I was like, "Hey, if we could make this, you know, a bar that plays volleyball, I could I would it. be there. I, mean, I would bring people there every every like it would be right, very it, often. it's down the street from your house too, so exactly. it, it, it would be beneficial. Um but yeah, so I, honestly, I don't think Perugia and Modena is going five. Okay. I think that like if Mo, like if Modena is to win this series, and I think that they might, um, they're getting it done at home. Uh, yeah. Okay. And if they're not, if they're not, so if they don't win on Sunday, then Perugia, then Perugia is going to win. Good that's, analysis. That's that's my that's my thoughts. So you can guys watch both these games on volleyballworld.tv. Ever which game are you watching? If you had to choose, I know you can't. Maybe if you had to choose one of these. Oh fuck! I'm going Modena versus Perugia. That, that series has been too good. Every game's been like yeah, like I had think, like like set points and match points and comebacks but, and. But I mean, the reality is that you don't necessarily have to. You you can dual screen it. On, on, right, on right. volleyball world TV. Not two devices though, unfortunately. You know what I I've man I managed to do is that um you can I can like dual screen because my TV is attached to Apple TV, so I ah, dual sc- I I yeah. dual screen, so I I stream and you can have you can have it as long as it's on the same computer you can have it on two tabs, so that's what I was doing. Uh, that's really smart. Okay. For uh okay, yesterday for the 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 men and women. Yeah. It's uh so yeah if you have another screen that you can like screencast to it and just use it as a as a as a secondary screen that's that's what you can do, um, but yeah no I think Perugia and Modena there's just there's just way more on the line like you know the atmosphere is going to be absolutely bananas, um, you know at some point uh, uh Travika is going to get s- subbed <laughs> in and he's just going to get booed and it's going to be awesome. Um, you know that Leal is going to be out to for fire. You know that Leon knows his legacy is on the line here, and he's going to be ready to go. So it just everything is shaping up for that match to be a banger. But yeah. on the same at the same time, like you can't not watch that Lube Trentino match. Yeah, I think the dual screen is the way to go. Very excited for that. However, even before then, on Saturday we yes. have our first matches of the Plus Liga semifinals. Zach Sekajush and Kojle going up against Xavier Che, uh, Kovacevic and Conte. And then after that, Istrebshi Vegil versus Scrub Elshitov. So I think, I don't know, the even though we got some th- you know some great matches, especially that, that Scraw series in, in the quarters, like this is what I'm looking forward to. This is four very, very good teams here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not quite Italian, that league. Like, you know, to me, there's no... Maybe Zaverche has the ability to, or sorry, maybe I don't really, I really don't see Scraw taking down JW, and I definitely don't see Zaverche challenging challenging Zaxa either. 
You don't see Scraw taking down JW? Not no, no chance, eh? I'm not saying no chance, but I do think that JW is a better team yeah. overall. I mean, let's be honest. It's a JW versus Scraw matchup. Like, if there's, like, this is the rivalry. Like, this is, this is like, two of the most storied teams in all of, you know, Polish volleyball and all of European volleyball. They've been there and done it so many times. Of course, none of them been able to do it at the level that Zaxa has done it by winning the Champions League. But still, like... They've they've been around for for a while, so you know that this is going to be a heated one. But like, I just love that Beniak matchup against the Estrebshi Middles, and yeah, what? But Glider's back now. Glider's back. But that's like, that's and if, if anyone true. can fight against Beniak, if anyone, because like Beniak, like he plays at such a high level, you know, he, like he literally high. Yeah, like literally, literally high. I was doing some scouting on him, and the amount of times in that last match, he just went over top of the blockers to position six on on a, on a quick was like hilarious yeah he just he, he can go straight up o- ot on anyone right um and you know, obviously that's part of w- why we love him but uh if anyone can go toe to toe with bieniak in that way i'm giving it to glider you know because he's f- physical but he's just a mental case when it comes to blocking right right like he's 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 scary um for 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 Kill blocks against Gdansk in the last one. Yeah, for Gladiator. Not to mention he's pl- he's played for Scraw in the past, so he <laughs> like like he has that little bit more of a like yeah let's let you know let's go. So yeah, I I'm. So I, what's your prediction then, Scraw? So you're taking Yastrebshin in two? Yeah, it's two out of three, right? For yeah, three, yeah, yeah. I th- uh, yeah I'm gonna take Yastrebshin as well, but in three. I think Scraw gets gets one a another one good good home team. Uh, we've seen like a couple games where you know Abadapor is starting to play a bit better here. Um, you know, Atanasevich had some good moments in set five in, in that in the uh, in the last match that qualified. Oh, by the way, that that's Kral match versus Olsen. Like, was that not like one of the best matches of the Plus League this year? Yeah, that one was well like, was I think phenomenal. We talked about we already talked about it on the nine by nine, so we don't have to talk about it here too much. But um, yeah, just Olsen being up ten seven or whatever it was. <laughs> oh man, it was. I mean, it was a back and forth one even in the er- the early sets. And I mean that that Olsen team, I think, has to be given a lot of credit with Butrin and with Defalco. It was a fun team. Like it's, it's it a, a fun, fun team. team that you you kind of want to root for. Like maybe not. A level players, but like some A minus B plus type of guys who work well together, and and they're they're just fun to watch. And it's, yeah, it's, they they were a good time time to watch. I, honestly, I would have rather see them in the the semifinals than JW or sorry than Scraw. I would have loved to see a JW yeah. Olston. Yeah, that would have been fun too. Um, uh, matchup. I, I I think that would be would have been great. Uh, I mean, I also wanted to see Rosovia in there, but they choked hard against Everichi and. Well, that brings us to the next point: Zavierci versus Zaxa. Zavierci like punked Rosovia, and yeah. Rosovia, I think, is you know, for all for everything that's happened to them, is still a pretty good team. Hundred percent. Um. So, do you think Zavierci is this? You know, Zaxa in the Super Finals, having a really good season. I think what was it, two or three losses in the regular season? Is this a foregone conclusion, or is there actually legitimate volleyball to be played here? Can it be both? Sure, yeah. Because that's what I think. It's like, like, is it going to be a snooze fest? No. Is Ivirchi with a team like with guys like Kovacevic and Gunakante? Are they going to be able to play up against Zaxa? Absolutely. But does does does, does, does Vierci 
have the organization and the quality top to bottom that Zaxa does to fight in and out over the course of a match? I don't think so. Right? Like, I think that they're going to make it interesting for a set or two and then maybe win a set and then Zaxa will, will run away with it by the end just by and, overwhelming them. And the blocking, too. I mean, exactly. Zavierci, I think their offense is is great. I mean, it's a funny offense. It's just, let's throw it out to the outside. But okay, we have three, like, well, two. <laughs> Konarski has his moments, but not yeah. usually. But two of the best, most creative outside hitters in, in volleyball right now, in Kovacevic and Conte, rarely use the middle. But also, but then on the other side, they're blocking. Just, I don't know. That just isn't there for me. And and we've seen Zaxa pick apart really good blocking teams this season. And, you know, I think Semenyuk and, and Kaczmarek and Schliffka are looking at Xavier to be like, these, there's, there's no chance. There's no chance these guys can can uh, can can put like hands up on us and, and slow us down. Like, I think it's going to be a slugfest. I think there's going to be you know some very like plus fifty percent efficiency games. But you know, Zaxa, we'll get to this later. But I think they they are going to win this two nothing, pretty confidently. Zaxa's just the most arg- arguably to me. Zaxa's the most complete team in volleyball right now. In terms of all sides of the ball, when Which you come is unreal to- when you talk about a team that's lost Benjamin Taniyudi, Pavel Zatorski, and um, uh, Kohanovsky. Yeah, Kohanovsky. <laughs> like, yeah, and I mean, Kohanovsky. all of those guys, they just replace with more steadiness. You know, like Janus is a very steady setter. Like he's not sure. We've we've maybe criticized him for not running a varied offense like Taniyudi did it, or you know, when they've lost to Lube and stuff in the the Champions League about how you know they were a little they were you know they weren't that that creative, but. That's kind of what you get, but you know that there's still going to be the quality there. Huber replace uh, stepping in for Kokonovsky as well. Like, if you want to talk about someone who plays up high, like Huber's a guy that can play at BNEX level and 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 does right. Like him and Bieniek are are two two of the guys, especially now that Novakovsky isn't going to be in the Polish folds for the national team. Like those are the two guys who are, who are supposed to, expected to play at that high level, like up up there. And also, how about this? Huber, their leading scorer in the series against oh, shit. against Katowice. So, like you know, and, and guess who has like arguably the worst middle blockers left in the playoffs? Yeah, <laughs> So yeah, you just know that this is exactly why I think that it's going to be good volleyball to watch, um, just because like they've they've got good players, and you know that you know Conte and and uh, Kovacevic are going to be able to prolong some rallies and make some good plays and they're gonna fight back for sure but ultimately like zax's defense zax's serving zax's zax's serve receive like every single part of it like kovacevic and and conte alone aren't gonna be able to stress zaxa for them to be able to throw the game yeah and also um zavirish also not the strongest serving team but the thing when you're playing zaxa like you gotta serve them tough you gotta serve them tough and you gotta serve them tactically exactly yeah so, so that's yeah. So okay, but I'm very excited for Palusa to get a start. Polestat box sport go. Polestat box. Just type, Google Polestat box, I think, mm-hmm. and then you can uh, sign up. No, no VPN required. So, you know, it's not as hard to watch as, as people say. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't, I don't uh, Rob, a lot Rob of people. Keep, a lot of people get stressed out by that one. But. Rob keeps on getting uh, stressed out about watch, <laughs> watching Palusa. I'm like, I do. I don't, it's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> are you? Are you not? Not as easy as volleyball world TV, and hopefully no. they pick it up for next year, but. All right. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Germany 
for a second here. Absolutely, I want to talk about Germany. Because, because I know, oh my goodness, I need I, I need some redemption here uh, uh, because last week we talked about <laughs> most disappointing teams, um, and I said Friedrichshafen, and then uh, just a few hours later, like uh, like a few hours, like maybe as we were doing the podcast, they beat Berlin, and then a little bit. After that, a few days later on a Wednesday, they beat Berlin again and now take a two nothing lead before, you know, they have to they have to go back and the next game is in Berlin. Um, but still like they're knocking on the door of a championship and it's the almost a carbon copy of the opposite of what happened last year, about how Friedrichshafen dominated the regular season and Berlin didn't seem like they're gonna be able to touch them, and then it became to the Bundesliga finals and Berlin take it took it home. This time it's it's the complete opposite. Whereas Friedrichshafen has been struggling all season, had a terrible Champions League, you know, we're losing games early on, like weren't even in the top five teams, and now here they are with a two nothing lead. And I mean to me, full credit goes to Mark Lebedou for what he's been able to do with this roster because it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's arguably the greatest, like top, top five coach in volleyball easily, perhaps even higher. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, like he just has a way to get so much out of these like players that, you know, honestly, like I don't, I don't really know who their, who their outside hitters were before this year. Nope. Like Luciano Vincentin, like was he even really a, a part of Argentina's like youth roster? Like, it's, it's absolutely incredible what he's been able to do. And, I mean, definitely not bad players. I mean, Dan Vincich, Blair Band, Lucas Van Burkle. Like, all these guys are guys are kind of, like, on, like, the most underrated players with this. Like, they're, it's not terrible players, but competing with a Berlin roster that's, you know, been pumping teams all season with Ben Patch and Sergey Grankin and, and all these guys. Like, well, Jeffrey Jendrick obviously hurts not yeah. to have him in the middle. But Mark Marcus or, or uh, Anton Brem as well, who they lost Anton, because oh yeah because they but before yeah. it was like the three middles that they had were Jendrick Brem and Mote, which is three like international level middles yeah for sure and then now they've got you know uh, George Klein who was a Berlin police officer during the day and then plays for Berlin at hey, Berlin at George night. Klein who hit eleven for eleven in the last one so I don't think he's the issue. Well, I mean, hey, he tr- he turned on. Did he hit eleven eleven? God damn it! <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But for need- me, okay. So, for me, the the issue that I see in I was kind of critical of Berlin at the beginning of the season. I feel like it's kind of coming to a fruition a little bit here for a team that like Berlin with those great middles with Sergey yeah. Grangin with Ben Patch on the opposite. Why are your outside hitters Samuel Tuia? who's like solid but probably four years past his prime and i don't think would start on like any team in italy even like the lower level ones and timothy carley who's been, who's been fine at times but again it's not like he's he's barely spent time with the french national team he doesn't look like he actually looks like he might not be getting he might not be in the pipeline anymore for the french national team based on Eurovolley last year um has not played like in any really big clubs why why are the level of your outside hitters so much lower than every other position don't tell me they can't afford like some some mid tier like uh I don't know who, who, who even like a not maybe not a Stephen Marr but Carlitzek like a Carlitzek exactly yeah like you that know, kind like, of level like, like a somewhat like it would make sense too the German guy you know he had a, he 
Carlos Deck at an average or like a Thibaut Rosard even maybe yeah. they could probably get like something. I mean, I like, think Thibaut Rosard, especially with the, after the year that he had last year with yeah, the, you know his, a his bit pricey, but. yeah his, his his price is still a bit little bit higher. Had a decent season this year at Piacenza, but no, I hundred percent agree. Samuel Tuya at this point, yeah, Sam Tuya, like, Ruben on. Ruben Shot. Oh yeah, and you know how I f- I don't need to tell you guys how I feel about Ruben Shot. And then Cody Kessel uh, as well. You know, I think Cody Kessel is, is a great story, but he's just just average. You know, yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's like he's and again an, none of these guys like Timothy Carly is pretty good too, and like I, and again Santiago Donny like top five libero in the world like what's but ran they they just uh, have guys at like random you know like decent guys at like random spots, um, but it just shows the importance of having good outside hitters even even though the rest of their team is st- stacked like, but to, but to me like when you when you just look at this on paper when you look at the how you know how spread out. Uh, Friedrich Schaffen's offense is 20, 28 attempts yeah. go to D'Olivera on the right side. Twenty eight attempts go to to Simon Hirsch. Twenty two attempts to to Luciano. Ten ten attempts apiece for uh, uh for for your middles in in Balmer and, and Lucas Van Berkel. And, and to me, like with the blocking numbers that Friedrich Schaffen's putting up, sixteen blocks overall, six for uh, six for Marcus Balmer, only one for Lucas Van Berkel. In this and one. like but, we said ever on the last episode. Six, yeah, sixteen blocks for Friedrichshafen, and what's the most most coachable skill? Blocking, blocking. 100%. So another 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 feather in Mister Mark Lebedew's cap. Yeah, there. And like I think the biggest about all of this is seven blocks overall on bent patch. Like you are shutting down their biggest weapon, and I mean, and we know it's bent patch, and you know that's how he's always attacked, though. Yeah, I know, but like he's he's always aiming for an inch above the net. Every time, yeah, which is which is crazy because he touches so high. I know, um, but yeah, like it's uh, it, it it's definitely interesting how Berlin has just shut down and they haven't, like they 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 didn't have a response to the the game one success by Friedrichshafen, you know, yeah, and they just jumped right back into it. And I don't know, like maybe Berlin can win at home here, but we'll I mean, see. there's like. They they did hit more efficiently than than Friedrichshafen in this one. They did, but yeah, the Friedrichshafen defense, set distribution, blocking, all the little things, all the little things. Um, when's when's the next match? Do you know off the top? I think it's Saturday. Let me on Spawn Tent as well. Yeah, um, Spawn Tent. And once again, like it's just, uh, yep, Saturday at twelve thirty Eastern time. Eight, man, eight. what a weekend for volleyball. Yeah. Oh man, I'm excited. Twelve thirty Eastern time uh on saturday that's going to be on spawn tent on twitch uh s-p-o-n-t-e-n-t uh the honestly the best place to watch volleyball like it's better than the volleyball world streams yeah it's, it's just really quality good job there they use high quality cameras they i honestly i want to learn german just so i can understand yeah. their streams <laughs> not an easy language no. though that's exactly so um, make sure to check that one out should be a good one yeah all right shall we get to our fun topic here everett our Top European clubs this season, which yes, I mean we have the Champions League to compare clubs, but it doesn't give you a perfect picture because not every team plays against each other, not no. every team matches up, not every team makes the Champions League, even though they might be one of the top teams. So let's give it a shot here. Um, do you want to start ten to one or one to ten? You know, let's go one to ten. Let's start with let's start with the top. Yeah, we'll start with the top. top. Who do, who do you have as the top? I have the reigning Champions League champions and number one team in the Pusliga, Zaksa Kedjush and Kozlet. 
I mean, they're in the they're in the super finals again with a different roster, firing on all cylinders, like statistically, absolutely crushing the Palouse League again. I think they've done they've crushed the Palouse League a what for like five years straight. I think the super finals victory last year, even though they didn't win the Palouse League, I think it validated them as you know, and Polish volleyball, I guess, as a whole, as a you know, absolutely elite level at the top, comparable with Russian Italy. And just when I watch Daxa games, I'm like, this is looks incredible. This is like, even without Taniuti, it's not maybe it's not as buttery smooth as it was with Taniuti, and no, it's not as like magical, but it's still just ruthless, efficient. Everyone's on the same page. Watching that those three outside hitters has been awesome this year. Eric Shoji has brought you know a different dynamic to the back row defense. He's less kind of cold and, and reserved as as Zatorski, and I think. I'm picking them probably for to win Champions League again. So, number one team in Europe, in my opinion. I can't disagree with you, but I'm going to. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> because while I agree with all of that, I agree with all of that. I do think that on the international level, aka the Champions League level, um you can definitely give them a bit of a question mark if if you will just because of the p- opponents that they've played on route so far you know they haven't really they haven't really been challenged let's say in the early goings of of the champions league well they you won know? champions league last year they beat zenit kazan and lubic chivitanova yeah but we're talking about this year it's mostly the same team mostly the same team <laughs> but it's 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 not so while they have been that dominant, I'm going to have them at my number two spot, and I'm going to slide in their opponents in the Champions League final, Trentino, as the number one club oh, this season. You, yeah, you love Trentino. Wow, I do not have them that high. Because of how, like, the success that they've had against the other teams recently. You know, like, I'm viewing this almost as like a power ranking, but. You just came off beating Perugia in the yeah. in the Champions League semis. Sure, you just dropped that one to Lube, but you are leading two one against Lube, right? Like who else can you beat? You know, Saxa. They haven't done yet. That's the that's the only <laughs> thing that 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 they have uh, ahead of them. Um, but you know, and then when you when you look at this is a team that we weren't expecting to be this good. We weren't even expecting them to be a top four team in the in the Superliga, and now they have the potential. Like, there's only two teams left who have the potential to have like that perfect season. Not that like you know they they have the potential to be like the number one, both in league and yeah, in, yeah. and in Europe. And that's just Trentino and Zaxa right now. And Trentino, we didn't see it coming, and they arguably had the much harder path to get here. So that's why I'm ranking them higher. No, fair enough. I I like it. I guess maybe I. Now hearing you say that, maybe I underrated them too much, but I don't know. I I also see a very real chance of them getting punked in like the Super League and Champions League finals, and be like, oh, like maybe they ran out of steam. Maybe I I they just had too many games this season, like yesterday, where I'm like, oh, this team can get like you know completely fall apart. But I mean, so has Zach's on the other yeah. side. Like who's that? Like Zach's has lost bad matches this year. Have they you know, lost with playing their starters? Really? Yeah, they though? have. They have. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we'll. See. I mean, luckily, we'll be able to see who's right. Oh, Zaxa, <laughs> Zaxa isn't on volumetrics is in the Champions they? League finals. No, I think they are. Oh. Um, 
All right, I'll go my number two team now, uh, Perugia. <laughs> so I'm still not going Trentino. See, and I, I maybe I did this a little differently because I'm still looking at like if these teams were to play right now, like who would I pick? And and for me, I mean, they did beat Trentino. Did they, beat Perugia. They just beat them by like the narrowest. Still beat them. Sliver. Still beat them of margins. And Perugia's beat beat Trentino many times in the regular season. Like they, like you know what? Lost regular them. season doesn't mean dick. You know, it means nothing at all. Trentino beat them when it mattered. Fair enough. When it mattered the most. Fair enough. But I just see, you know, Gianelli on this team, Leon on this team, Soleil, Plotnitschke, Matt Anderson, Kalachi. I, I just see the names on this roster. I'm like, I'm still taking this team. I'm still taking this team to uh, to be super competitive. And I still think, you know, if we were to run it back, Perugia, Perugia does a little better than they ended up doing in the Champions League. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't feel like they had anything robbed to them. It feels like they, like robbed from them. It feels like they lost Fair to enough. me. Um, Who's your number two? I already said it's it's Zaxa. Oh, not Zaxa. Okay, easy. I go Trentino one, Zaxa, yeah, yeah. Zaxa two. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, number three, I had maybe surprising you, Zenit Kazan. Um, which is you know it was tough doing the Russian teams this season because you know they got kicked out of well Zenit Kazan wasn't even in Champions League. Yeah. Um, not you know not through any fault too much of the players on the roster this year, um, but they dominated the Russian league this year. And again, I've been watching a ton since <laughs> yeah. since all this stuff has been going down. Um, but I think Michael Christensen and Bartosz Bednorz was a, a great addition for them. Uh, they were you know they were doing really well in the Russian league. Um, Mikhailov was having a bit of bounce back season and. You know, I really wish we got to see more of this team because, you know, Michael Christian and Ben Norris being reunited on Zenit Kazan, one of the world's uh, volleyball's most legendary franchises, would have been really fun to see in Champions League. Uh, we got, I mean, <laughs> we wouldn't have seen it anyway, but it would have been fun to see a Zenit Kazan versus Modena CV Cup. <laughs> that would have been that would have been awesome. That, uh, I mean, that wasn't even in the cards without Zenit Kazan being uh, Russian yeah. banned. <laughs> so, yeah. This is a tough one, but uh, yeah, that 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 team was really fun team. I only got to see them play like a few times, so maybe I'll go back and, and watch a couple more matches because they were they were they were a fun team this year. Yeah, I think when you when you when you take into account like Mikhailov and Volkov and Volvich and just that whole roster, yeah. like, and it seems too like have you seen like I've seen videos from of Micah from this year, and it just seems like they're like a fun team to, yeah, to be yeah, around. Exactly. You know, when. When we were planning for this show, um, we had been talking about kind of topics and stuff like that that we were that we were going to be talking about. And I said top ten European teams. I had or European clubs. I had meant like all time. We, we should do that on a future. We, one. we should we should do that in the future. Keep it one. in the bank. Um, and he thought we meant went this year. So just for reference, <laughs> my number one all time is Anna Kazan. Oh yeah. Or like my like my number one of like top European. Gotta clubs be. Is is Anna Kazan? Gotta with, be with, with everything that they did. Um, but yeah, actually, I have I have Kazan at three as well, um, and I think that they have they're the one team that has the potential of of breaking into number one, but we'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, number, sorry, do you have you have them three as well? I have them three as well. Yeah. As well, and then for the record, I have Perugia at four, and I have Trentino at four. Okay, so we have the same top four. We have the same we have the same top four. It's a little it's a little, it's a little jumbled little, up there, but it's uh, yeah. 
Um, some some questionable decisions on your end, but we all forgive you. <laughs> I'm glad we have the same top four, though. <laughs> um, number five, I had Modena. Because, you know, we've seen they're up on Perugia right now in their series. Of course, they had that CV Cup against Tours, which is embarrassing. And they didn't do the best during the regular season. But I think once you, like recently, if we're talking about power rankings, since like February onwards, Modena, especially when Leal plays, has been an elite team. And they have been one of the best in Europe. And, you know, it sucks that the timing didn't work out for uh, CV competition and everything. But we're seeing like this. I mean, when Engapet and Namir and Leal are all like firing, and Bruno has been firing really this season, but even if he potentially is playing, like that is those that that's like the three best wings like almost out of any team i've ever seen in my life like they're that's absolutely ridiculous i mean are arguably two top out five outside hitters and the best easily the best opposite in the world right now that's they're they're fun and the firepower is great and the defense is great once again i can't disagree with you except on one on one point with that, oh, I think that CEV Cup. I swept the worst upset, like potentially in CEV Cup history under the rug. Yeah, absolutely. Casually. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, that doesn't matter. Modena losing the tools, that doesn't matter. Hey, like, hey, Kevin Tilly, man, don't you can't don't underrate it. I'm not underrating <laughs> it. It's just, yeah, I don't know. All right, who did you have? Uh, I had Lube, in yeah. at number five. Um, close between them and Modena. However, uh, I think that the fact that they were in Champions League, and yes, they did choke, arguably, arguably at the same stage, uh, both in the quarterfinals, but still, like they lost in the Champions League, and Modena lost in the CEV Cup. And that's what it. That's what it comes down to for me. Okay, fair enough. But how about this number six, Jastrzemski Vegil, who beat Lube? in the Champions League quarterfinal. So why why isn't just cuz I I had Yastrzemski Lube as my next two teams. And I'm like talent, actually, you know, had pretty similar seasons, but Yastrzemski did beat them 3-0, 3-2. So You know what? Scratch that. I'm I'm actually I'm going to throw in JW at 5. I'm going to move my my list yeah. around here. Okay. Be- fair enough. Yeah, I'm going to throw in JW at 5, Lube at 6, Modna at 7. All right. Fair enough. Um so Yastrzemski, I mean like are they? They've been pretty. Like this is two seasons in a row where they feel pretty comfortably in the top kind of ten here. Um, you know, are what? What? What's the next step for Yastrzemski though? Like, like how do they break through that barrier in Champions League? I think that they like they are once again like when we're talking about one of the most storied franchises in club volleyball. Like JW is up there among them. When we're talking about one of you know the the franchises that has been relevant for a long time like jw is is one of them both on the the polish stage and and the european stage um i like to me it just it just seems like they lack a little bit of identity you know that difference between them and and the the reality is that i don't think a polish club is ever going to be able to play athlete for athlete like they do with um italian like italian clubs do just because of the foreigner limit, how low it is in in Poland, right? You're never going to be able to have the, the the amount of superstars on one like one team, but not multiple teams. Like like you've just got Zaxa, 
and then like you know like the 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 the, the level of like Polish superstar from Zaxa to JW is 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 pretty significant in in my opinion. Yeah. You know, with you know with Slivka and Chemeniuk and and Kazmarek, like that's the top of the top. You know, that's that could arguably your your that's your that's your three starting outsides moving forward. You know. Yeah, but you shoves you with two two out of two starters from the Olympic winning team. And Tony Udi and Klebano. Not a starter. Tony Udi wasn't a starter. Tony Udi was on the bench. That's why Buzad got the number one team uh, uh, player in the world. Once again, trying to sweep details under the rug here, Dan. He started. I, um, who's, uh. But it just seems to me that like uh, um, Zaxa has a definitive uh, style of play, and they they have a definitive, you know identity whereas i don't know if jw has as much i think they kind of go with the more traditional europeans model where they just try to sign big names right. instead of trying to find someone who's going to work for their their system so maybe that's the answer but answer but like the, the, the truth of the matter is i mean that would be a question that we'd have to ask adnus because neither of us really know the politics or like the inner goings of of you know the plus liga Right, yeah, not not to the detail that you know an expert like him would know. Um, all right, so we have those three. So we just got eight, nine, ten now. Um, here, why don't you give me your eighth team? Switch switch it around a bit. I'm gonna go. It's a little tougher here, doesn't it? Yes. Um, I'm going with Milano. Oh, Milano. Why Milano? Just because, sure, there weren't any any European competitions this year, but every other team in in the Superliga, there was a point when every team below Milano had the potential of finishing outside the playoffs. Every team below Milano was still fighting, fighting for their spot. And I mean, Milano was a team for me that I did not rate very highly at the beginning of the year and have crept up my list throughout. And even though like they, they had a pretty uh, entertaining game, uh, was it was they playing Trentino? No. No. Lube. Uh, Lube, I believe. Yeah. They, played, they, they played Lubo. So they, like, they had a pretty entertaining series with Lube. Uh, it was fun to watch. And yeah, like I just think that they had an overall good season this year. All right. So I'm... Milano, I, I have a different Italian team on my list ahead of, but not quite yet. Uh, next, I have Dynamo Moscow. Um, another, another, another tough one. Another Russian team. I mean, they still have that core of that team that like absolutely killed it. They second in the Russian Cup, first in the Russian Super Cup. I think they could have did some serious damage in, in Champions wrong. League this year. I could kind of uh, forgot about them to be honest. Yeah, but I'm standing by my pick. Just, just cause. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the whole the whole roster. Just again, once again, Svetin Sokolov, um, Likoshustov, Laurie Kermanin, like the whole gang. Another another strong Pavel pa- Pavel Pankov, of course. You know, Pankov. you know, I got to give some some shout outs to my boy Pavel Pankov. Who? Dennis Bogdan had it was having a great season for them. Paul, yeah. Who Semi- are they? Sh- yeah, they're, they're just so deep, so good. Who are they supposed to play again in the in the quarters? That's a good question. I, I, I oh, they were playing is supposed to play Zaxa. Oh, man. See, I, like, yeah, I remember that now because... Ah, because um, oh, that's such a good series. Rob had picked them over over, uh, over Dynamo Kazan, which, 
which over Zoxa, which eh, I don't know. But it kind of leads credence to my thing from earlier that like Zoxa didn't have to have to play a first round playoff. Yeah. You know, at least Trentino had to play Berlin, right? And then in the second round they had to play their, you know, country countrymen in in JW, whereas Trentino had to play their countrymen in Perugia. And there's you know, ones one one wasn't expected to win that one it was the other. Just right. to, just to go back to that. Um, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, Moscow. I mean. Again, it's tough. It was tough to judge the Russian teams this season, but you know, I think we would have had them a lot higher if they if they played more. Um, number nine, I have Skraw from Poland, um, and I know I'm kind. Of, I was kind of calling the ball in the air there because if they lost Olsen, I probably wouldn't have them here. <laughs> or calling no, is it calling the ball after after it goes in? I guess is the is the phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I still again, I still Matej Binik. I think has an argument for. Up there with Simon for best middle in the world right now. Atanasevich having the bounce back year. Um, you know, Tikkoi's kind of sucks, but I, again, I, I I can't even imagine how good this team would be with Taylor Sander. It just sucks. But um, how's he been doing on the beach? By the way, I've been watching. Um, they've been all right. They were the they were like him and Taylor uh, Crab were the ones yeah. who got screwed over last weekend by Norseka. Oh, and that with thing. the whole world yeah, championship yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. So I mean, they're they're getting there. Their first tournament, they got really unlucky because they had to play Bruno Schmidt, who's oh, like I the that, yeah, yeah in in the uh, in the qualifier. So they didn't even qualify, but they've they're they're, they're bouncing back and they're going to be a good team for sure. It's right. just it just it's too early into the beach season. Yeah, to, no, I just to, like to, to know. I just like the Scraw team. Obviously, they still have the weakness with the second outside, whether it be uh robert todd or dick coy and then libero i mean it, it just sucks that they're stuck with kakper pihatsi all, all this time like can you imagine if damian voshtashek was on this team like oh, such an improvement anyway and taylor sander and taylor sander <laughs> but scroll overall you know let's see let's see in this series against yastrebshi i'm really looking forward to that um the teams are I, I would say there's a bit of a drop off after number eight for me uh to this next tier but you know scroll why not i have berlin because up until now, they've dominated the, the team, Bundesliga. The team that just lost. <laughs> they dominated the Bundesliga. Against, they made it to the quarterfinals of the Champions Dayan League. And the boys. You know, they, they made it to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Uh, Scraw wasn't even in the Champions League, and they didn't make... Wh- wh- where, where did they lose? The semis or the, the quarters of the CEV Cup? I forget who they lost against. Was was it against Zenit Kazan, and then Zenit Kazan immediately got kicked out? Isn't that what happened? Yeah. So you can't, can't follow them too much for losing to Zenit Kazan. Still, though, um, <laughs> I'm going to hold it against them just because I can. And just for argument's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've been sweeping things under the rug. I'm just going to ignore things I absolutely completely. absolutely have. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to go with Berlin because I think they've overall they've had a great season. Now, I mean, that's going to take a huge hit. If they don't at least win one game here in the uh, Bundesliga <laughs> yeah, finals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think overall their body of work this season, which I know also contradicts some of the things I've said earlier. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna go with Berlin. I was I considered Berlin too, and also when they because they if you remember in the group stage of Champions League they beat Zenit St. Petersburg twice. Exactly, that was probably the most impressive thing for me. And Zenit St. Petersburg, okay, they had like Igor Kluka playing opposite and all this other weird stuff, but still very good team. Um, okay, last one before we wrap up here. Uh, my last team here, Piacenza. Um, I just kind of went with the team that I thought did the best in the quarterfinals that didn't, you know, that's not one of the top four teams. And Piacenza beat Trentino, who you have as your number one team. And actually that win was per- like 
they looked pretty good during that. And I think the the talents there with uh, Olympic starter Antoine Broussard, Aaron Russell, um, you know, oh, what's his name? The incredible Sh- Francesco Riccine. Yeah. It sucks. Maybe if Adam Lagumzija had been healthy during that series, it could have could have turned out differently for Piccienza. But a lot of potential on that team. Unfortunately, you're probably not going to see it in the same, probably switching things up a lot. But we'll see. I, I, I still enjoyed this year's Piccienza team. Fair enough. I like that. Um, I'm gonna go with tools. Phoebe, so you're going to the niche leagues too hard here, Everett. But like, you gotta give some love to the niche leagues, and also like, I went Milano randomly, you know, early on in my list. So like, fair, fair enough. Give give me a bit of get of a, a bit of a break here. But I mean, tools beat Modena for in that in that run. In, in the CEV Cup. That was pretty cool. There you were the best cool. team in the French League all, all year long. And, um, you know, I kind of rate the, the French League in that, like, second tier of, of leagues alongside Germany and uh, Turkey. Um, I, I would I definitely put it above Germany for sure, especially this year. But I, I think Turkey the, versus I, France, though. That's an interesting I one. think the top end, like, the top end of... Germany might be slightly better than France. Like I think, like yeah. fr- I think Friedrichshafen and Berlin are better than Tools and and like Montpellier and yeah, okay, you know Khan in most years, even though they're guard like dog shit yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas like you know if the Turkish league, sure the bottom end is is bad, but that top end with Hulkbank and Arcus and Fenerbahce and Sportoto and Galatasaray, like. You know, especially those five clubs, like there's a lot of quality when you when you look at Turkey, right? And, and really good foreign. I would say the best foreigners out of those three. Yeah, hundred percent too. They've got a lot of money to bring in foreigners. It's not quite like it was like a decade ago, you know, yeah. back back in back in the early 2010s when they had big names going going to play for Turkey and they were doing making good runs in the Champions League. Um, but uh, but so, yeah. But why? So you want to go with a Turkish team here potentially? For sure. No, for because detours. they didn't have the same impact on the European level that Tools did. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. That's that's where yeah. that was my my level. And I mean, hey, like if Tools is going to beat a team like Modena, they have to be given like at least an honorable mention. So I'm going to throw them in at number 10. All right. I think that's it for the podcast today, guys. Um, remember to check out 9 by 9 on Tuesdays. Unfortunately, I will not be there next week. Also, probably no 5-1 podcast next week. Um but we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. We'll come on for something at we'll some point something. for content. Yeah. Um, Everett, thank you for joining me today. Anything thank else you. you wanna you wanna plug here? No, I think we're good. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.